Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Not too much to talk about this week, uh, so I'm going to try and speed through this as quickly as possible, but a huge heads up. Uh, all throughout October, every Thursday, uh, in celebration of annual Audio Drama Month, I will be uploading a new episode from one of the three other shows I'm working on. Uh, that's right. Uh, in case you didn't know, I've very secretly and not so secretly been working on three brand new audio dramas. Um, I'm super excited to talk more about them. But yeah, every October, Tuesdays will be a normal SCP episode. Thursdays will be an episode from one of my other shows, uh, in addition to just a few spotlights of other audio dramas and real play podcasts that I'm super excited about and think you should listen to. So lots of recommendations coming your way. But uh, in the meantime, I just want to give a huge shout out to our patrons. Uh, and in case you don't know, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And there you can get access to ad-free and bonus episodes, as well as other things like uh, postcards. Uh, in the month of October, we're doing a acrylic pin. Um, it's like a little soft plastic pin. They're really cute. I'm super excited for them. Like postcards, you can vote for them too. Uh, so that'll be a thing. More designs for that coming soon as well. Uh, and so much more. T-shirts, mugs, uh, I'm working on a hoodie, and other stuff. Uh, and most importantly, for the people who do support us, uh, I read your name at the top of a show because it means a lot, and I really appreciate you. Uh, and without further ado, I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout-out to Mike Mikesell, Joseph Thayer, Nick Dumont, Danny White, Craig Halker, Rico Suave, Drew Schultz, Chelsea Roberts, Charlotte Butler, Amara Ahmed, Alex Lee, and Alex Blumfeld. I also have an ACAST supporter message, and it reads, To Edvard, I never hated you despite what I did. I just wanted to be friends. For all of us to be friends. Now, you and I are something much, much more than that. I hope to someday figure out what that is. Yours eternally, Lissa Lee. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, and that is, of course, a response to uh, Edvard, who is one of our patrons, who had a uh, similar ominous shout-out uh, a few months ago. So thank you, both of you. I, I appreciate the support. And, uh, and without further ado, this week's episode... Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-1437. Object class. Safe. Special containment procedures. SCP-1437 is to be contained behind a perimeter of two meter tall electrical fencing, which is to be patrolled by groups of three security officers at all times. Any trespassers attempting to access SCP-1437 are to be brought into custody, interrogated, and if found to be ignorant of SCP-1437's nature, dosed with a Class A amnestic and released. Any items or organisms which emerge from SCP-1437 are to be immediately tested for hazards, and if found safe, examined further. Experimentation involving SCP-1437 is strictly forbidden, 
Description. SCP-1437 is an apparently endless hole measuring 3 meters by 3 meters, located in the desert. Attempts to dig into SCP-1437 from the side result in the diggers encountering solid rock where logic would dictate SCP-1437 would be. SCP-1437 appears to be an access point for an as-of-yet-unknown number of parallel universes. Objects have been known to periodically emerge from SCP-1437 at great speeds, including 1 U.S. Quarter First known object emergence Large quantities of dirt and rocks Believed to be an attempt by a parallel containment team to fill in their corresponding SCP-1437 A map of North America written in Spanish According to said map, the government of North America is La República Popular de Aguas Nuevas or the People's Republic of New Waters. A photograph of a skyline, believed to be a radically altered version of New York's. Structures resembling coral are visible, and a large flying organism can be seen in the distance. Several discs made from solid gold. Accompanying the discs was a sheet of paper reading, Please Send Rain. During a period lasting from 2000 to 2000, numerous individuals, most of whom wore D-class uniforms, emerged from SCP-1437. All of them were dead on arrival. All emerging individuals carried documents, which appear to be their respective universe's documentation on SCP-1437. It is currently believed that these D-class personnel, and previously mentioned documentation, were sent as a gesture of desired cooperation. Emerge Documentation 1437-1 Individual carrying documentation appeared to be in adequate physical condition. Individual was wearing a pressurized suit with an attached oxygen supply. Item number SCP-1437. Safety rating, safe for public. Safety procedures. Unauthorized citizens are to be kept at a safe distance from SCP-1437 at all times. Any authorized tour of the area are to be accompanied by two security officers for their own protection. Taking of photographs is to be permitted. Any citizens attempting to go past safety fencing are to be arrested and handed over to local law enforcement. Description SCP-1437 is an apparently endless hole measuring 10 meters by 10 meters located in the town of Promise. Attempts to dig into SCP-1437 from the side result in the diggers encountering solid rock where logic would dictate SCP-1437 would be. SCP-1437 is thus only accessible from its entrance above ground. SCP-1437 appears to be an access point to an as-of-yet-unknown number of parallel universes. Objects have been known to periodically emerge from SCP-1437 at great speeds, including One small period composed of concrete First known object emergence believed to be a building material Large quantities of dirt and rock Believed to be an attempt by parallel safety team to fill in their corresponding SCP-1437 A landscape painting believed to be of a location in Scotland. According to the painting, its originating universe's sun is blue and its sky yellow. Several discs made from solid gold. Accompanying the discs was a sheet of paper reading, Please Stop Plague. A photograph of several scientists. All scientists pictured have unusually long fingers estimated to be nearly 25 centimeters long. A sheet of paper reading, Thank you, please send more gifts. During a period lasting from 2009 to 2012, numerous individuals, most of whom wore bright orange jumpsuits, emerged from SCP-1437, all of whom were dead on arrival. All emerging individuals carried documents which appeared to be their respective universe's documentation on SCP-1437. It is currently believed that these individuals and the documents they carried were sent as a gesture of desired cooperation.
On the 15th of August, 2012, a volunteer from the Foundation, Marco Purton, encountered SCP-1437 wearing safety gear, taking with him a copy of this document. Emerge Documentation 1437-2 Individual carrying documentation was in adequate physical condition. The phrase, Property of SCP Corporation, was branded on the individual's left arm. Item Designation SCP-1437 Threat Level Little Special Containment Procedures SCP-1437 is to be contained behind a perimeter of two-meter-tall electrical fencing, which is to be patrolled by groups of three security officers at all times. Any trespassers attempting to access SCP-1437 are to be charged with the crime of industrial espionage. Any items or organisms which emerge from SCP-1437 are to be immediately tested for hazards, and if found safe, Examined further. After examination, suitable items are to be auctioned off to interested collectors. Description SCP-1437 is an apparently endless hole measuring one meter by one meter, located in the outback. Attempts to dig into SCP-1437 from the side results in the diggers encountering solid rock, where logic would dictate SCP-1437 would be. SCP-1437 is thus only accessible from its entrance above ground. SCP-1437 appears to be an access point to an as-of-yet-unknown number of parallel universes. Objects have been known to periodically emerge from SCP-1437 at great speeds, including a statue of what is believed to be a reptilian entity sporting numerous eyes and tails, first known object emergence. Large quantities of dirt and rocks, believed to be an attempt by a parallel containment team to fill in their corresponding SCP-1437. A glass bottle of water. A human femur, covered in saliva. A cube, composed of several smaller cubes, all of which are different colors. Purpose unknown. A soccer ball. Ball only has five sides. During a period lasting from 2004 to 2003, numerous individuals, most of which wore D-Class uniforms, emerged from SCP-1437, all of which were dead on arrival. The fact that it is apparently impossible to travel through SCP-1437 and survive has prevented the corporation from utilizing SCP-1437 for commercial purposes. All emerging individuals carry documents which appear to be their respective universe's documentation on SCP-1437. It is currently believed that these D-Class personnel and previously mentioned documentation were sent as a gesture of desired cooperation. Several D-Class personnel have been sent through SCP-1437 carrying copies of this document. Hey everyone, it's Pacific, here with a quick ad break. Alright, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Emerge Documentation 1437-3 Individual carrying documentation was wrapped in bandages, 
and appeared to have been blinded in the recent past. Lacerations were present on the arms and legs, and the individual's tongue had been cut out. Object number SCP-1437 Heathen level Unforgivable Holding measures High priest is to bless the site of SCP-1437 every two years and blood sacrifices are to be dropped into SCP-1437 after each blessing. Blood sacrifices are to hold copies of these scrolls as a warning to any demons to stay away. Spirits are to be consulted after these sacrifices and suggested changes to holding measures are to be carried out immediately. Description SCP-1437 is an apparently endless hole measuring 3 meters by 3 meters located in the desert. Attempts to dig into SCP-1437 from the side resulted in the diggers encountering solid rock, where logic would dictate SCP-1437 to be. SCP-1437 is thus only accessible from its entrance above ground. SCP-1437 appears to be a portal to the underworld. Objects have been known to periodically emerge from SCP-1437 at high speeds, including several discs made from solid gold. Accompanying the disc was a sheet of paper reading, Please Kill Foes. Large quantities of dirt and rocks, believed to be an attempt by demons to harm the high priest who was present at the holding site at the time, the broken remains of an arm covered in saliva, a photograph of a metal bird flying away from a city, and what appears to be a large mushroom is visible behind the bird, believed to be an attempt by demons at mocking us. A human eye which moved when touched, believed to be a lesser demon, was burned immediately. During a period lasting from 2000 to Dead demons wearing the skins of men emerged from the pit. They were thrown back in immediately, and the site was re-blessed by high priests. Emerge documentation 1437-4. Individual carrying documentation was a heavily emaciated pre-adolescent who appeared to have been lobotomized in the recent past. Item number SCP-1437. Object Class Safe. Special Containment Procedures SCP-1437 is to be contained behind a perimeter of 2 meter tall electrical fencing, which is to be patrolled by groups of three security officers at all times. Any trespassers attempting to access SCP-1437 are to be delivered to our masters above for enhanced interrogation. Any items or organisms which emerge from SCP-1437 are to be immediately tested for hazards and, if found safe, examined further. Any useful technology which emerges from SCP-1437 is to be delivered to our masters above immediately. Description. SCP-1437 is an apparently endless hole measuring meters by meters, located in Zone 29 of the Brazilian sector. Attempts to dig into SCP-1437 from the side result in the diggers encountering solid rock where logic would dictate SCP-1437 would be. SCP-1437 is thus only accessible from its entrance above ground. SCP-1437 appears to be an access point to an as-or-yet unknown number of parallel universes. Objects believed to be gifts intended for our masters above have been known to periodically emerge from SCP-1437 at great speeds, including 1. Diamond First known gift delivered to our masters above 
large quantities of dirt and rocks, purpose unknown. Bark from the extinct Texas red oak, delivered to our masters above. The lower half of a human body, delivered to the supervising servant of our masters above. It is currently unknown how the gift sender was aware of the diet of our masters above. A document was sent into SCP-1437 thanking the gift giver for the object, and requesting further tributes to our masters above. A bottle of human intended wine. See Incident 1437-1. Incident 1437-1. On a... A bottle of human intended wine emerged from SCP-1437. Recognising an assassination attempt upon members of our masters above, the supervising servant ordered that a Don Burton explosive device be delivered down SCP-1437. Its orders were followed, and the threat appears to have been resolved. This is a reminder of why we must be vigilant in our containment procedures. From now on, I don't want any of these gifts being taken out of containment. They are a clear and present danger to our masters above. Notice from the Foundation Extra-Dimensional Anomaly Division. On 12-13-17, a secure flash drive containing the following documents emerged from SCP-1437. Accompanied by a human corpse wearing unidentifiable military fatigues. Following analysis, the document was identified as an internal record from the Unusual Instance Unit Division of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It is currently unknown how a UIU document was sent through SCP-1437, as all documents emerging from the anomaly to date have consisted of Foundation analog records. Additionally, at the time of this document's emergence from SCP-1437, all four constant detectors located around the anomaly failed simultaneously. Later analysis of their failure states revealed that all four devices recorded a negative Hume level at the time of emergence, leading to a failed assertion check for each device. The reasoning behind this improper reading is currently unknown. Initial report. UIU file 2017-003. Codename, Skipperbait. Summary. An anonymous individual believed to be affiliated with the anomalous terrorist organization known as the Foundation. Demonstrated possible teleportation slash materialization abilities at the moment of capture, though it has not exhibited them since. Suspect description and capabilities. Name unknown. Offered code name Agent Duma. Irregularity cross-reference. Human. Foundation. Teleportation. Terrorist. Physical description. Sex. Male. Height. 67 inches. Weight slash build. 175. Medium. Race. Levantine. Hair. Black. Eyes. Brown. Identifying attributes. Currently none. War Foundation issue fatigues at the time of arrest. Suspect's sudden appearance in Fort Hoover suggests that it possesses the ability to either teleport or to otherwise achieve instant materialization. Since then, the suspect has not demonstrated this ability, though it is unknown if this is due to inability or unwillingness to do so. Suspect's implied affiliation with the Foundation as a field operative suggests a competent standard of training with regards to anomalous objects, interactions, and capture as well as basic combat training, evidenced by his resistance during the initial arrest. Purpose slash motive. Unclear from interrogation. However, given his affiliation with the Foundation, he is assumed to support said organization's goals, though these are currently unclear. Due to the Foundation's denial of his existence, 
see history log item 2. It is believed that the suspect may be a clandestine operative, though officially disavowed. Modus operandi. Unclear from interrogation. Exact foundation operations and procedures are still unknown, though active espionage efforts continue. Although it was initially hoped that interrogation of Agent Duma could yield valuable intelligence concerning this area, the suspect has thus far proven to be highly resistant to all forms of interrogation. Current working theories are that the suspect is a member of a special operations team that the Foundation deploys to identify or capture high-priority anomalies. Behavior Suspect is cooperative with most requests, excluding any pertaining to origin and mission. Interrogation thus far has proven ineffective with suspect. Indicating a high degree of anti-interrogation training, suspect seems to be especially resistant to threats of punishment or withholding of future inmate privileges, for reasons unknown. Evidence A. Foundation-issued fatigues Suspect was wearing the set of Foundation-issued military fatigues when he was captured. Patches and insignias on the fatigues do not match the design of any known Foundation division. Though, the overall style remains similar to those worn by other captured suspects. B. Box of Dirt During initial detainment, Agent Duma was carrying a cardboard package. When opened, the package was found to be filled with dirt. Later testing has failed to establish any kind of additional anomalous properties for said dirt, and the suspect has refused to reveal the significance of this package. Bureau Record Current Status In UIU Custody at Camp Mueller Crimes Violation of 173 USC Section 12A Violation of 174 USC Section 1B Domestic Terrorism Resisting Arrest illegal trespassing, and four counts of assaulting a law enforcement officer. Sentencing. Indefinite detention. History of UIU action. 2-3-2017. Suspect initially materializes in middle of Fort Hoover's barracks. UIU agents in the barracks were not prepared for a sudden incursion. As a result, four agents were left in critical condition during the suspect's attempt to escape the facility. Since this incident... The suspect has demonstrated no open hostility and has not contested the charges that he is accused of. 3-6-2017 Following a temporary halting in hostilities during Operation Heavenfall, suspect was offered as part of potential hostage exchange, but was rejected on the grounds of the Foundation denial of his existence. Both diplomatic and intelligence cables were not able to determine the suspect's exact role within the Foundation at this time. 6-15-2017 Fort Hoover was attacked by Foundation Mobile Task Forces Beta-6, Tau-3, and Epsilon-4 during a counteroffensive to reclaim Fort Hoover, following the failure of Operation Heavenfall to encircle Foundation forces in the Midwest. Foundation elements managed to free numerous captured operatives before eventual relief was provided by elements of the UIU 3rd Division and the U.S. Army's 15th Infantry Regiment. Surveillance tapes show operatives from MTF Beta-6 liberating several captured personnel from the secured wing that suspect Duma was housed in, but no attempt was made to free him, despite ample time remaining to do so. 6-18-2017 Suspect was transferred from Fort Hoover to Camp Mueller to undergo processing as anomalous POW, as it was deemed unsafe to continue housing the suspect in a former Foundation base and proven military target. Unformatted recording number one. Is this thing on? Fuck. Okay.
My name's Second Lieutenant James Finch, Technical Officer, First Grade, UIU Corp, assigned to Case Skipper Bait, UIU File 2017-003, stationed at Camp Mueller. Primary duty is to monitor anomalous capabilities of the suspect, known as Agent Duma. I'm making this report on here because no one else seems to give a shit anywhere else, so I might as well stick it here so that some higher-up sees it eventually, if only because it triggers some error in their system. I get it. Post-Boston incident, everyone has way too much to handle to take a look at some old can terrorist. But this has been bothering the hell out of me until today. See... It never made any sense to me how the Foundation treated this guy before they went belly up. Even after we went full terrorist designation, we were still working the back channels to get some exchanges going, and yet, not once did they try to get this dude back, or even confirm that he existed. When they hit Fort Hoover, not one of their special forces teams tried to break him out. It didn't make any sense until our intel boys cracked the latest data dump we recovered. You want to know why the Foundation never recovered him? Because according to their records, Yehuda Mizrachi, or Duma, died four years ago. KIA, killed by some anomaly gone rogue in their base. We've been trying to ransom a dead man back to the organization that watched him die. The obvious question is, then, who the fuck did we have locked up in cell 13B? Beats the hell out of me but I can't get a hold of anyone else who might have something to do with that question. I guess when cans started leveling entire cities, people care a lot less about anything that happened before that point. I'm going to try and do some more digging. Maybe it's some super deep black ops shit and they needed to wipe his record. Maybe not. Maybe this rabbit hole has an ending. If not, who gives a shit? At least I'm going to be doing something when the world ends, not sitting around with my thumb up my ass. Unformatted recording number two. I think we fucked up. Part of the reason Ms. Rachi's here and not getting quietly disposed of like so many other Foundation agents is because we thought he was a can man and might pull some weird anomalous shit on us. But I'm pretty sure he's not actually a can man at all. I tried running some of the refurbished foundation tech on him, and none of it registers on their scale. Either he's so strong that he can trick this sensor, in which case I'm fucked so it doesn't matter anyway, or he's not actually a can man. Since one of those options involves me not being totally screwed, I'm going with that as my working hypothesis. Of course, if that shit show in Asia gets any more widespread, it might be a moot point. Hell. It's hard to get anything done nowadays, since security is getting tighter and tighter. Feels pretty hooverish up in here, honestly. Anyway, this still doesn't tell me exactly why he's here, or what's actually going on with him. At this point, I doubt he's a covert op, because I'm pretty sure that the Foundation would have done something at this point, if only to just tie up loose ends. But like I said, I'm pretty sure he's not a can man either. If he's not a can man, though, then how the hell is a dead man sitting in our cells? I've got some ideas. Let's see if there's any proof behind them. Unformatted recording number three. 
Ah, officer. Come for another round? You look like you're anticipating something. Will it be the hot irons and rack this time? I have something to show you. I've already told you I do not recognize This any... one's different. Indulge me. Take a look at this. Where did you get this? It's yours, isn't it? Or not quite yours. But this ID belongs to someone very much like you. Agent Duma gives no response. Mr. Yehuda Mizrachi, born May 6, 1985, in Kibbutz Magan, Michael. Graduated from Tel Aviv. Look, I get it. What of it? I thought I'd just explain, didn't I, Mizra? Very coy, officer. Since I see no armed guards or anomalous capture police, I take it that you haven't shared this to anyone else yet. Smart cookie. I see why the Foundation snatched you up. No, I haven't told anyone yet, but that might change depending on what you do. And what exactly would that be? Tell me who you really are. Where you came from. Why you're here. Everything. That doesn't sound very much like me at all. If you don't, I'll run off and spill the secret behind Camp Mueller's most infamous mystery resident. That he's not so special after all. That you have no further use to us here. Meaning that all your special privileges get revoked. I get a promotion and you get the death sentence thanks to the good old AIEA. Agent Duma begins laughing. <laughs> What's so funny, Miss Rachi? Your threats are meaningless to me. I gave myself up for a dead man the moment I got trapped here in your world. Do what you want. My job is finished. My home is safe. I've held up the bargain. What job? What bargain? Even if I told you, you wouldn't get it. Why don't you just try? I've added another stake to the palisade. What's the palisade? Agent Duma gives no response. We don't have to kill you, you know. I could make your life comfortable here. Or I could make it much more uncomfortable. You already know I'm not very susceptible to torture. I'm sure you could eventually break me, even with my training. Maybe I'd babble anything to get you to stop, but how would you ever know which was the truth? If you believe you're dead anyway, why not just tell me? Maybe I don't want to. Why? Are you afraid? No. Guilty? No. Never. Never. Do you know why I told you and your fellow agents that my name is Dumas? Enlighten me. In classical Aramaic, Dumas is the word for silence. Accordingly, in my faith, Dumas is the angel of silence, an aspect of death. Dumas is the voice whispering in your ear when the end is near. Dumas is the voice telling you that it will all be over in a flash. He brings an end to suffering. Poetic. What's the point? You want to know why I won't tell you the truth? Because no matter what, you cannot stop what has already been set in motion. There is nothing more that can be done for you or I. So, with the end so near, it is better to be silent, I think. That way we may accept the end with as little pain as possible. Much like Dumas, it is the only mercy that I can offer you. Unformatted recording number four. It's the box. It's the fucking box. I don't know what exactly he did or how this goddamn box fits in, but it does. Half the eastern seaboard just disappeared last week. 
One moment it was there, and the next it was gone. Like someone just pressed delete in Photoshop. No cities, no people, not even enough time for anyone to react. Just gone. Some bright-eyed tech who was picking up the pieces of what was left got the brilliant idea of testing the air where Philadelphia used to be, and got a hit for traces of extra-dimensional shit permeating the entire area. We ran an analysis here using our new foundation tech on a whim, just to see if anything we had in our storage had any matches. Maybe whatever happened there is related to something that we have going on here, you know? And I got a 100 per fucking cent match that whatever's in the air where the East Coast used to be is from the exact same reality that his fucking box of dirt is from. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why the world is ending or what Mizrachi did to us. And when I went to see him today, all I found was a dead body. Strangled himself in his own cell. And God knows how he managed to do it. So I've got no answers, no leads, no time. Someone has to know. Someone has to figure out where this is all coming from. Please, someone save us. SCP-1437 was written by Tahoni. Our host and narrator was John Grills. Narrator 2 was Nicole Goodnight. Narrator 3 was Atticus Jackson. Narrator 4 was Tanya Miliovic. Narrator 5 was Karim Cronfley. 05-1 was Chris Hemphill. UIU narrator was Pacific S. Obadiah. James Finch was Russell Moore, and Agent Duma was Fletcher Armstrong. Our music is by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons, and I'm your showrunner, Pacific S. Obadiah. This week, our sound designer was Jesse Hall, and our script curator is also Jesse Hall, who does a lot for us. Our transcriber is Cheyenne Bramwell, and our producer is Tom Owen. This is a bloody disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com.